What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Bolin. And Scott, do I have a deal for you today? A deal? A kind of a deal. Mm. Well, there's this ice skating rink uh, in a local uh, establishment near Piedmont Park. Sure. And apparently they're still they're still going on. You can still ice skate if you wish. Oh, cool. Very nice. That's kind of somewhat rare here in Atlanta. Uh, yeah. Somewhat. Yeah. I mean, we can't tough. go out and do uh, pond skating or anything like that, so you got to go to the uh, the local ice rinks. Mm-hmm. you got to work with the man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you got to be in the system. Yeah, exactly. Do you skate? Do you know how to skate? Uh, yeah, I know how to skate. I mean, I'm not going to impress anybody but myself by not falling. Mm-hmm. But do you like hockey? I'm up there. I love hockey. I yeah. like watching um, I like watching hockey just because I never – growing up, I never really got a chance to play mm-hmm. outside of like, you know, the bootleg – Finger quote hockey we play down here in the South where mm-hmm. you've got your hockey uh, sticks and you've got something that approximates a puck, but you're just in the street. Ah, street hockey. Street hockey. That's still fun. It was a lot of fun, but you know what? I didn't know until I went to my first hockey game um, that blood bounces on the ice. <laughs> Does it really? It freaked me out when I saw it. It bounces on the ice. It, boun- it bounced with this guy. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. But uh, – also, let's see. Story for another time. Story for another time. Yeah. Because yeah. we already have a story for today, and it's fascinating. That's right. You know what? One one person who also likes watching hockey, apparently. Who's that? Charles Schultz. Oh, yeah? You know Charles Schultz is? The Peanuts guy? Yeah, the Peanuts guy. The uh, the, 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 the creator? Illustrator, and, yeah. the creator of, of Peanuts. Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, there have been many references to um, our topic today in Peanuts cartoons. Dude, you blew my mind. You're right. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Because, uh, and I thinking back, yeah, it's like, I can, I can remember this now. Snoopy on the ice. Yeah. Um, one of the things that Charlie Brown said in his, his, uh, his strip was, there are three things in life that people like to stare at. A flowing stream, a crackling fire, and a Zamboni cleaning the ice. What an excellent introduction, I, Scott. Thank you very much. And, uh, I guess since about, I think 1980 was about the first time that, uh, Zamboni was mentioned in, uh, the Peanuts cartoons, and since then there have been more than fifty references to Zamboni. So Charles Schultz apparently was a fan of uh, of Zamboni, as mm-hmm. is um, listener 
Car Stuff listener, Ken. Ken, who wrote in from the internet. Didn't uh, say yes. where Ken was from, but uh, wrote in one word, podcast idea. That's not what that was. That's that the was title. the title. Sorry. That's the title. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's two words. One word, Zamboni. That was it. And I wrote back, excellent idea. We're going to do it. Something uh, yeah. like that. Because, Ken, you are a man of few words, but you pick good ones. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that was an excellent word, and uh, it did spark my attention because um, I, too, love watching the Zamboni machine. I think it's just one of those things you can't tear your eyes off of when you're at the ice rink. No, you I don't, can't. Yeah. I don't know why. It's it's the simplest thing, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just resurfacing the ice. It's just making it smooth again. That's all it's doing. You're already sitting there, though, and you're already in watch a show mode. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't you know? take very long. Mm-hmm. But it's it's fascinating to see the ice go from, you know, just being diced and cut up and chopped up to uh, perfectly smooth, reusable ice, I guess. And let's be honest, those machines look weird. They are weird to watch. They are kind of weird, yeah. Really yeah. interesting. A little archaic looking, I mean, just because of the shape of them, but it's very, very functional. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, when, when Ken mentioned that, you know, he wanted to talk about Zamboni, I thought, well, this is probably a good opportunity because it's one of those names that's like a uh, it's become a generic name yeah but um it's a trademark name as a matter of fact mm-hmm. and there is a zamboni company and mm-hmm. as you'll find out zamboni is just about the only game in town really yes which is need we say my friend remarkably unusual even extraordinarily unusual it certainly is given the number of ice arenas around mm-hmm. um because we're talking about in general it's 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 not a Zamboni. It's an it's an ice resurfacing machine. Yes. And there have been other ice surfacing machines in the past, um, several, as a matter of fact. We'll talk about that when we get to it. But um, as far as an ice resurfacing machine, I keep stumbling on it, but uh, ice <laughs> resurfacing machine, right. Zamboni is the, the official, original, trademark name of, of the machine that you've probably seen at every small ice arena around. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of different models. There are toe-behind models. Um, they're, they're the kind that, you know, self-driven, of course, there's yeah. even electric models now. So, uh, they're, they're still making advancements. We'll talk about some of the models too, mm-hmm. when we get to the, that point. And first we'll talk about before ice surfacing, ice resurfacing machines. Oh no, it's contagious. <laughs> yeah, um, it's tough. Just so, so people know, I, I, I think it'd be unrealistic for us to expect a bunch of our listeners to be experts in ice resurfacing history. Sure. But, um, just to establish this, having to resurface an ice rink used to just stink. It was just such, I a, bet it did. such a, a tedious, you know what? I'm going to say it. It was a crappy job. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's always good to have a job, but this is, this is a crappy one because you would have to, you know, take like water hose and some squeegees, you know, you would have to manually do. You had to scrape the ice. Mm-hmm. You had to scrape the ice. You had to shovel the ice. You had to do all the things that this beautifully convenient machine does for us. That's now. exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's automated the entire process, and uh, it was all the thought of one man, um, Frank J. Zamboni, who founded Zamboni Company. Mm-hmm. Yes, born in 1901. Yeah, that's right. 1901. Can you imagine? That's wow, a long time ago. Yeah. Um, how'd this happen? He uh, he and his brother. <laughs> Well, they, they actually, his family was in the ice business, mm-hmm. uh, refrigeration business, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, because remember, prior to this, there was the, there was not um, electric refrigeration. 
Right. Uh, that, that was this is prior to the refrigerators that you have in your house, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a need for block ice, things like that. This this company, his family's company, um, provided that. They provided block ice, and they were in California. They were in Southern California, mm-hmm. and God, that's got to be hard. To make that, make an ice in Southern California. Huh? Well, they, you know, they had they had a factory to make it. It's <laughs> I know, it's I know. Yeah, <laughs> they're not trying to make it out in the desert, <laughs> right? But but it's it, tough. Yeah, um, I can imagine that's a tough climate to make ice in. And the business, you know, what what they do with that kind of business at that time is they get they have ice around perishable cargo that's mm-hmm. shipped by rail. Yeah, and then so the the problem here arrives uh, when. Refrigeration technology keeps getting better and better and better and better. Yeah. It's still not to the icebox in your house, but people can kind of see the way the trend is going. Mm-hmm. And so the Zambonis realize, the Zamboni family starts to think, I don't know if block of ice business is the best <laughs> industry going forward. Yeah, that's right. They were very smart. They, uh, they looked forward and they said, uh, you know what? We've got to adapt. How are we going to adapt? And uh, what they did was they, they developed um, – they didn't develop. They, they opened – which was kind of uh, this is entrepreneurial at the, during the time. Definitely, they opened an ice rink, mm-hmm. a family ice rink uh, for for recreation and for uh, sporting events, and you know this mm-hmm. general enjoyment. Okay? Iceland skating rink, Iceland skating rink in Paramount, California. Mm-hmm. This is in Southern California. Um, so you know they've got all this refrigeration business expertise, how to keep the ice, everything. But mm-hmm. here's the problem, Ben. They've got to do that manual resurfacing of the ice. And you know how long that takes? Uh, especially if you have a 20,000 square foot <laughs> rink. Yeah. Do you know how long that takes? Uh, no. He found that it took a crew of five men an hour and a half to resurface the ice. Too long. Way too long. So now you know that, you know, when you get out there with dull skates or whatever, mm-hmm. and skate around, it gets gouged up and it's, it, ice is a mess. Yeah. It takes a long, long time. And it's uneven if you're trying to do it the way they were doing it because mm. they were scraping it, shoveling it. Uh, they'd have to, uh, spray it down it. with a hose, yeah. smooth it out, squeegee it out, wait for it, you know, to find any low spots, you know, ch- check the corners, do everything that they had to do. It took an hour and a half for this thing to refreeze. And they're losing money the whole time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you there's, can't have people on there. There's people not skating in the yeah. hour and a half. And that's happening several times a day. You know, and these crews are just exhausting themselves and they're paying mm-hmm. for the men to do it. Well, Frank started to think like, well, oh, there's got to be a better way to do this. So he started to make these machines out of tractors yeah. that, uh, that would do the same types of functions. They would mm-hmm. scrape the ice. You know, he would, he would plow the ice, whatever he would do. And he started to develop these throughout the years. And over the years, um, he finally got to the point where about in 1949, this is nine years after they opened this, this ice rink. He had something called the Model A all ready to go, and this was probably the most successful of his designs. Mm-hmm. Um, it was patented in 1949. This this ice resurfacing machine, and what that did was it was um, it, it was the exact same functions that the that the men had performed. Um, it doesn't say the time that it took this thing to do it because it was probably slower than they are today. I'm sure, Definitely. but um, not a lot. Um, the Zamboni machine, it, what it does is it cuts the ice with a blade. Um, then it, then it kind of scoop, uh, scoops up the shavings into a tank using a, an auger or a paddle design, you know, like with scoops, scoops those up into a, an over, I think this one had an overhead bin where it collected the ice shavings. Mm-hmm. And then there's a water tank that would lay out a real thin mist of warm water onto the ice. And then it would kind of smooth it out with this towel like device, uh, that would, that would kind of like a chamois almost that would wiggle over the ice and, and smooth it. And this cut the time dramatically. 
uh, for the time it took to resurface the ice. And, and, you know, this design was, was it, well, it quickly caught on. Everybody saw it and said, I've got to have one of those. Yeah. You know, it's patented. He starts building them one at a time and, and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, at this point, we're up to the production numbers of something like 8,500 that have been built already. Which is crazy. 8,500. That's a lot when you consider they're all handmade. They're all made in one little factory, which is still in California. Yeah. Um, that's an awful lot of machines and they offer, Several different models now, too. Mm -hmm. And they've got the – it's funny when we're talking about the Model A because um, while he was using it, um, people say that it was only used at Iceland. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how quickly this grew Mm -hmm. in some ways as a business, the Zamboni business. Uh, But still it stayed so small, as you say, with that one factory in California. And although these – although these – New iterations, these new generations of vehicles are, you know, continually improving, like the, the Model B and, and, I mean, it goes down the alphabet, you know? Yeah, sure. But the, uh, the one thing that's amazing to me is they haven't branched out too much into, you know, there's not like a, a coupe. No, no, there's nothing coupe. like that. No, because these are very functional. They're very, mm-hmm. uh, very functional machines. They, they do exactly what they're supposed to do. They all pretty much look the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm sure that they would argue with that, but, um, there's the, there's the <laughs> model 445. These are just models now. I'm going to flip through this list real yeah, quick yeah. here, but the 445, the 525, mm-hmm. they all have different features, different engines. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 545. Got that again. Um, <laughs> there's the 552 electric. Which I thought was kind of cool. They've got an electric Zamboni, yeah. and they've got a an even newer version of the electric Zamboni right now, which is uh, let me get to it the 560 AC electric, which is the latest, and that one came out in uh, middle of 2010, I believe. So we're talking, you know, they're still right now developing new Zambonis mm-hmm. for the ice, and uh, you know, coming out with. Um, new power sources for them. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine that, you know, an electric Zamboni is a big deal to a, an ice rink owner who doesn't want, you know, a combustion engine fired up inside a, a you know, closed room with Absolutely. a bunch of kids and, you know, school parties and hockey games and, and uh, there's a lot of people in these buildings. Mm-hmm. And throughout the day, I'm sure that it gets expensive to, you know, open the doors or turn on the vents to get the exhaust gases out of the, uh, out of the rink. Definitely. Um, more than you, what you would normally have to do anyways. But, um, yeah, I think it would be definitely worthwhile to get something that's, you know, better for your client's health. Scott, I have a, I have kind of a, a thesis, a little proposition sure. about how, um, the, the question we have here is twofold. First off, it's, uh, why ice, icing rinks, right? Why did he start messing with that? And mm-hmm. that's pretty self-explanatory. We've, sure. we've tackled that. The second question is, why Zamboni? Why was it this family, not some other group of people, you know, um, who built these sort of machines? Uh, now we know that there were some other players in the game that, yeah, there have up. been, yeah, there have been some, uh, there have been some competition, I guess. And in fact, uh, you know, going down the, uh, there's a, there's a site called Zamboni.com mm-hmm. and you can get all of this information if you'd like there because there's an FAQ section that's, uh, that's perfect for this, but, um, they're not the only one to um to be out there. There have been some other competitors, but these are the the long-lasting guys right here. You'll find out that uh there've been five competitors that have come and gone in the United States, eight in Canada, one of which still manufactures machines according to the site. So, uh there's only one competitor in Canada, none here in the United States. Zamboni is hung on. They're the they're the uh they're really the only one. 
Yeah, hang on implies that they've had a tough time, but from what we can tell in our research, they've been pretty, doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah, but no kidding. You can read, um, you can read different news articles, uh, that there's actually an article out about how, uh, despite the economic downturn, Zamboni <laughs> continued to do all right. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I mean, yeah. well, it's, it's just, it's a needed service. I mean, mm. people, people need this service, whether it's for sports, whether it's for, um, recreation, mm-hmm. just, uh, it, it's, it's necessary. I mean, and, and servicing of these machines and, and they do, they also do restoration. You know, if, uh, I think they found, um, some older machines in, you know, a building that had burned down, um, and were able to, to reconstruct those machines. They, they do, they do all kinds of service at that factory in Southern California. And, um, as of right now, apparently they don't offer any factory tours because I took a look at that too to see if they were offering any factory tours to see one being built. And they said it's just a working factory. They don't really do that at this point, but maybe I, they will. I saw that too, man, but I was thinking, and I don't want to get us in trouble, but I was thinking, what if we just showed up and asked? <laughs> maybe. Because maybe. You know, they've got a, they've got a huge marketing division now. So if you go oh, to yeah. Zamboni.com, you can buy caps and you can buy you shirts, shirts. Yeah. License plates. Mm. Um, those little, uh, like keychain fobs. Yeah, exactly. You can buy all kinds of Zamboni mm-hmm. gear right now. So that's kind of cool. Um, one thing I wanted to mention was, you know, the people who get to drive these Zambonis. Yeah, how do you get that job? That must be pretty cool. Apparently, it's not as easy as you might think. I tried when I was in high school, I tried to drive the Zamboni at the local ice rink. Did you? Yeah, the, the, uh, the thing that kept me back from even taking the job or considering it was the hours because they had some really crazy hours that you'd have to work as a, as a high school student. Yeah, um, you'll be there pretty late. Yeah, very late because people are buying ice time late in the night mm-hmm. and you have to be able to clean the ice at those times, you know, cause that's not the prime time. That's when they have their normal Zamboni driver guy do it. Uh, um, you so, have to start it. The you have to start at the bottom, and you know you get the the bad times. And as a high school kid, you just can't do that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but I did for a short while. Wanted to ride the Zamboni. What's it like driving it? I, I didn't get to. Uh, I didn't get to. No, didn't I didn't get, get to take a test. Drive? No, didn't get to that point. It uh, didn't. Uh, it was just, just the hours it was themselves. Just not even possible. But oh, while well, we're talking about that, yeah, one more side note here. Uh, there's a song about Zamboni. Zamboni song. There, are you gonna? I want to drive the Zamboni. No, I'm not gonna say <laughs> it. I think. But uh, look it up. It's by. Um, uh, let's see who sings it. Martin Zeller and the Gear Daddies. So the look Gear that Daddies. Up. Yeah, it's a short little, uh, short nice. little song. You'll like it, I think. It's catchy, and you know what? Mm. I can't get out of my head because I've been singing it for the last three days. And and you're not going to do any. Other. No, I'm not I respect you. You know that's why we hang out. Um, a note. I that- went down to the local <laughs> arena. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Okay, and uh, usually, well, mm. not usually, but uh, in major sporting events like you're talking about NHL, um, mm. the stadium manager. Uh, is the one who gets to drive the Zamboni. And that's, uh, in Detroit, that's Al Sabaka. A lot of people will know Al's name. Mm-hmm. Funny, but I would say in Detroit, if you're a hockey fan, I would bet that 95% of all hockey fans in Detroit know Al Sabaka. Or know his name, at least. Know who he is. And he's and, the guy that drives the Zamboni. And probably have seen him, even if they did. Do you have any yeah. idea who drives the Zamboni here in Atlanta? None. I know it's not me. And me I, either. It's not you. Me either. either. But I'm saying that's like the, 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 the hockey culture, the hockey difference, yeah. you know, they pay attention to that. And this guy, he's, he's kind of like a local celebrity, this guy. I can see and, that. And, uh, he does some interviews. So, so, you know, when you're talking about Zamboni and, um, you know, just what it's like to drive one, his name will often come up in these articles because people go to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just one of these, one of the guys that they talk to for this. Um, he's been doing it for more than 20 years at this point. Uh, he said there's a lot of pressure involved in, it, especially that first time out on the ice, because, and you might not think that there's a lot of pressure in it, but there really is. There's a pattern that you have to follow, 
Yeah. There's a very strict pattern. I've got that line right here if you want to take a look at mm-hmm. it. But, yeah, yeah. Um, it's concentric circles that usually go clockwise. Mm-hmm. And um, you're trying not to miss a single spot of ice because if you do, boy, the crowd's going to let you have it. Solid, even coat. That's right. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant, uh, I thought you meant coat of, uh, I don't know, coverage of beer when they dump it on you. As a <laughs> oh, because, I've meant no, both of okay, those. Gotcha, double, gotcha. Yeah, because the, uh, the crowd's watching you. I mean, if you if you hit the boards, you know, if you bump into the boards when you're driving it, yeah. if you uh, if you miss any bit of ice that you mm. don't resurface, big trouble, Ben. Oh, they'll know because oh, they're yeah. just watching and drinking. They're, they're waiting, waiting for you to mess up, right? So, um, you know, if you use more water in some places than mm. others, there's a problem. If, you know, you, you, if you hesitate at all, there's a problem. So... There's a, there's a lot to it, really. I mean, he said it's, there's actually a lot more pressure than you would think. Each circle takes about 50 seconds, he says. This is just an average NHL, mm-hmm. you know, the, the NHL regulation rate, size. And I guess whatever model of Zamboni they happen mm-hmm. to have with whatever size blade. But, um, the, uh, the goal is, <laughs> and this is, I didn't know this, but there's kind of a time mark that's kind of, uh, sort of mythical. You know, we talked about Pike's Peak at a, mm-hmm. at a was it 10 minute mark? Yes. 12 minute, 10 minute? I forget I what it was. It was Maybe it's 10. There's a six minute mark for cleaning the ice in NHL hockey. And I didn't know that until this point. Um, he apparently had done that at one point a few years ago. He went just under six minutes, his best time ever. So he times himself. Uh, but it works out just right with the size of the blade and the, yeah. the size of the rink. Six minutes is apparently very doing. You're doing very well. Okay, and that's the gold standard. If you go less, you might not do quite a you know you might mm-hmm. not do quite as good a job, or you might miss some spots, things like that. But he said um, also there are some rinks now I think that use two zambonis at a time to get it done faster, so that doesn't count either. But um, six minutes is kind of this this mark for zamboni drivers that I had never heard of until this interview mm-hmm. with Al. I. I didn't know, you know, I guess I should have thought of that, Scott. I didn't know that they would time themselves, but it makes so much sense. Well, now. I think it's just a, a pride issue. Yeah. You know, he did it during, during some youth soccer, or I'm sorry, youth uh, hockey mm-hmm. league thing, championship or something. And, uh, you know, he takes pride in it, you know, that he did it in under six minutes. But, you know, the thing is that when you look back at what it used to take, you know, it took an hour and a half, and now we're doing with this in five people. With five people. And now we're doing this in six minutes. Can you imagine a hockey game where, between every period, you had to wait an hour and a half. That adds three hours to a game. You know, I don't know if I could imagine. I I can imagine it, but with very strange ideas about what happens <laughs> yeah, when you have right. the fans waiting. You have to stamp your hand and let you come back from the bar. Oh, one note with those things, though, um, so people know. Uh, I think we've done an all right job establishing that driving these is not as easy as it looks. Oh, definitely not. He's, no, there's a lot going on. That's not just some nitwit. Sitting on a seat. Oh, no. No, yeah. no. There's more to that going on. In fact, the uh, Model A's uh, have four-wheel drive. Oh, really? Um, for a time because Frank Zamboni figured out that if he had four-wheel drive on the machine, mm-hmm. it kind of messed it up. It made it tougher to drive because um, if you're trying to steer away from the boards and yeah. you're close to the boards and you've got four-wheel drive, the rear wheels <laughs> – they want to pull you back. Yeah, in. yeah, that's right. So there, I've I've felt that with, uh, you know, if you have a a vehicle that has four wheel low in it, mm-hmm. uh, a low gear, yeah. and you try to make a sharp turn, you'll feel it instantly. What happens? It it starts shaking and shuddering. There's there's just no way. Mm-hmm. And so then and then it can be that's bad just compounded when you're on a machine that's <laughs> smoothing out ice. Yeah, you I know? bet. I bet it's just chattering and jumping everywhere. Yeah. So just that, I just wanted to make that that little note in fairness to the drivers. Um, 
you know, it, it clearly is there is a, a, a symbolic importance to attachment, mm-hmm. but they also are people who know what they're doing. There's oh. also a skill set. Oh, definitely skill. Yeah, there's definitely a skill to it. I mean, you can't go out there and, and expect to do it perfect the first time. I don't mm-hmm. think that's even possible. So if you're contemplating grand theft auto, don't go with a Zamboni. <laughs> that's right. For numerous reasons. <laughs> no, if you're really if you're really driving one and you're you're working the pressure tanks and watching the blade depth and mm-hmm. you know trying to make sure that the uh, the tank isn't full of uh, shavings and you know the pattern that you're following and the speed you're going and mm-hmm. trying not to hit the boards and there's just so much involved with it that um, it really is it's difficult. You're doing a lot of different things at one time and it's uh, it, these guys get should get some respect. What do you think we would need to line up to drive a Zamboni? Oh man, I don't. You know, I don't know. I think that if it was an off time, someone yeah. might let us do it. We could talk them into it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're like an affable kind of charming person. You're a people person. <laughs> I could talk my way in is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah okay. Maybe. Okay. Maybe we should try it. I'd love to. All right. I'll hang out in the hallway. You work out the details. <laughs> I'll go somewhere else. Right. And we'll swoop in. Yeah. Um, well, Scott, are we done? I think so. Yeah. We've, uh, we've covered Zamboni and Frank Zamboni and his contributions. So, Ken, I hope that was enough. And, uh, you know, if not, there's, there's plenty more on Zamboni.com you guys can check out. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to take a page from, uh, Ken's book and get in contact with us, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. We also have a blog. And of course, we work for a website you may have heard of if you've listened to this podcast. Um, and if you want to follow exactly in Ken's footsteps, uh, please send us an email at carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.